For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, friends. Welcome to the December 31st episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. It's New Year's Eve. Technically, I guess I'm recording this the night of the 30th, as I always do record a Wednesday night, but you'll be listening to this at least on the 31st, if not in January. So Happy New Year to everyone. Let's hope we have a good 2021. Let's pray to the basketball gods. Let's pray to Gamblor that March Madness doesn't get canceled again for a second year. I don't think it will. Um, but yeah, let's all hope that 2021 is better than 2020. But yes, this is the final 2020 episode of the podcast, obviously. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening along. I started this podcast, uh, when when was it? August, I think I started this. Um, and it started to go grow pretty quick, so I appreciate everyone that's listening. Last week's episode was the most downloaded episode so far, so we are slowly but surely growing. I appreciate everyone who's uh, got the word out. Uh, but yeah, here we are. We are heading into week 17 of the NFL season, and boy, oh boy, did I, I don't know if, uh, I'm assuming you didn't tell me, if you tailed all of my NFL picks last week, oh boy, did we get massacred. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, it was actually so bad that I didn't even want to like calculate up my record and see how much money I lost until the last second. I did it right before I started recording. It was the last thing I did. Um... And I had to crack a beer for it because I knew it was going to be bad. So week 16 was bad, but in a positive note, we started with college basketball last week on last week's show. I went 2-0 with uh, those picks that I gave out on that show. I think those picks were for Christmas Day, right? Because the podcast came out on Christmas Eve. So it's Christmas Day games went 2-0. And so far in college basketball, I was 8-2 heading into today with my uh, through my first 10 picks. Uh, as of recording this, I'm right now watching Tennessee and Missouri, so you might get a little bit of a live reaction from me while I record this show. I uh, went 1-1 one one today, hit LaSalle. Uh, they actually ended up winning outright as like a 12-point underdog, which I would have sprinkled money line, but I didn't. And then I was on Nebraska like plus 14, and they lost by literally a million points to Ohio State. So 1-1 one one today heading into this game. And Tennessee, as of right now, they're up big. What's the score here? Show me the score, broadcast. 33-17, 345 left, left in the first. Tennessee's minus four. So um, knock on wood, that is looking good for now. Uh, if it does hit, that would bring my season-to-date record to 10-3. and three. So um, despite getting absolutely slaughtered in NFL last week, uh, thankfully I'm starting off my college basketball betting season where I left off there uh, back in March uh, having good success. So hopefully that continues throughout the season. On this show, I also have two college basketball picks. I got my two picks for the New Year's Eve games. Um, quick comment about that because I've seen some people on Twitter ask about this. Um, people on Twitter like when I just tweet out my picks. Uh, they don't want to go to Guys and Bets and watch the clip there. They don't want to. Some people don't want to download the podcast and listen uh, to them. The large majority of my picks will still be on Twitter, as you've seen over the past couple of weeks. But if this podcast keeps coming out on Thursday, then my Thursday picks will be on this podcast. So if you're listening to this, then you downloaded and hopefully you subscribed and you're listening. So um, I guess this isn't re- really relevant to you guys. Some people don't don't want to download it. They just want me to send out the tweets. So, but I'm sorry. I think this is a happy medium. Still, you're not paying for picks. 
podcast doesn't cost anything. That's the main thing. The only thing I ask you is once or twice a week you uh, download something or watch on YouTube and listen to my voice give the pick instead of just reading it really quick on Twitter. That's all I ask. I don't think it's much. It's still all free, right? I'm not turning Twitter tote. Never have, never will consider it. My picks will always be free. But let's hope that uh, I keep continuing to have a good college basketball season. But this is still, uh, we're still talking NFL as the NFL season finishes out here. The road to 256 bets. We are down to the final week. And I have completely collapsed. I was up like, what, what was it, 14, like almost 15 units like two weeks ago. Um, and I think I said on this podcast, let's make it a goal to get to over 20 units, but let's at least keep it in the double digits. Well, now I'm at the point where I just want to stay in the black. Uh, so let's recap here. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a classic choker. My whole athletic career was uh, was uh, plagued by uh, not being clutch. I'm the least clutch person in the world, even in things like beer pong and university. Uh, least clutch person. Video games, not clutch, just choking is in my blood that's why i think i was destined to be a falcons and leafs fan um they choke all the time i choke all the time and i'm choking in this road to 256 bets i was in the clear to be up big at the end of the season and now i'm barely clinging on to profit it's a disaster so week 16 easily by far my worst week of the entire nfl season i waited till the second last week of the season uh and now we're heading into week 17 which is a complete crapshoot so fucking gambler help me here week 16 here was my record it it literally pains me to, to to repeat this again i had to i had to start drinking when i was started listening through my picks i had to listen to last week's episode and uh write down my picks because uh, i was i was in a rush recording last week so i didn't get a chance to do it also by the way um last week i if you listen to it i picked based off my memory of team stats i didn't actually sit down and write notes and handicap each game individually like i normally do and I even said it during the show, I might go 0-16 because of it. And, uh, yeah, I almost did go 0-16. I went 4-11-1. <laughs> that's a stinger! Fuck, that's bad, ladies and gentlemen. 4-11-1 for minus 7.32 units. Oh, 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 man. I got a little cocky there. I got a little cocky with my NFL betting. Thought I could uh, whip off 16 bets without doing any specific handicapping, and I paid the price for it. So, uh, lesson learned there. <laughs> I have notes for this week. Uh, but that brings my season-to-date record down to 121, 113, and 6 for plus 3.67 units. So, we are still in the profit. But if I have another bad week this week, I'll be in the negative and that'll I'll end off my 256 bets, my road to 256 bets in absolute just soul-crushing fashion here, which would be par for the course uh, for my life. Uh, I, just, I just can't finish. I'm not a finisher. I'm not. Sports teams I cheer for don't finish. I don't finish. It's not good. But plus 3.67 units, Let's just go like eight and eight, and then I'll walk away in the in the black for the NFL season. Obviously, playoffs are going to be a little bit separate, but um, <laughs> it's college basketball season, friends. That's all I can say. Uh, but let's quickly uh, go through the picks here. I don't, I don't really have much to say. Now, I will say, I didn't handicap the games last week. I didn't write down notes. It's easy for me to just say, oh, I lost a bunch because I didn't handicap. I, I don't know if that's – I would have had a bad week regardless. Uh, going through and listening to some of the picks – I don't know if I would have changed them. There was maybe two I think that I, I think I would have changed uh, for the better, but still it would have been a bad week week regardless. I know not handicapping didn't help, but I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, if I would have handicapped, I would have you know had a profitable week. I, it would have been bad regardless. 
but let's quickly, quickly, quickly go through with it here. Vikings plus seven versus Saints. That was a loss. Vikings offense did what needed them to do. Their defense was trashed and got just destroyed. Bucks lines under 54. Um, so this is the case that happened in this one, and it happened a couple other times. Actually, did it happen in this one before I say it? I don't want to be wrong here. And I actually have the right page in front of me here. Yes. So and this happened, I think, on both. Yeah, I bet two totals or three totals this week. And in two of them, the line I bet on Wednesday didn't win. And if I would have just bet on the closing line, they would have won. Uh, so stinger. Not an excuse, but I mean it's a fact. So I bet it, I bet the under bucks lines at fifty four on Wednesday because I always lock in my bets right before recording. It closed at fifty five and a half and it ended at fifty four. So I pushed that bet. If I would have done it, uh, waited till the closing number, then I would have won. But whatever, not an excuse. It's just what happened. Cardinals minus five wasn't even close. What the fuck's the Cardinals doing? Forty ers I can't. I'm on the wrong side of the forty ers every game. I don't get it. Falcons Chiefs over fifty four. That wasn't even close. That was a bad bet. Jaguars plus seven and a half. Terrible bet. They got smoked. Browns minus nine and a half. Lost outright to the Jets. Colts Steelers. I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then I of course made the wrong pick. Uh, Chargers minus three and a half versus Broncos. Another one where I got fucked by the closing line. Minus three and a half, lost, and it's really at minus three at most places, even on Wednesday night, and then it closed at like minus two. So I got the worst possible number on the Chargers, and it lost. Once again, I want to reiterate, because there's people out there who are like, oh, if I didn't have these ten bad beats, I'd be up a million units. I'm not doing that. I'm just stating facts. Just bad luck. I mean, I have to lock in my bets Wednesday regardless for the show, so... Uh, none of the line movements went my way this week. Rams plus 105 against Seahawks lost. Jared Goff is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life when he plays bad. Eagles minus two versus Cowboys that lost. Cowboys are, have been better than I kind of gave them credit, uh, gave them credit for Texans minus seven and a half versus Bengals. I didn't tweet that out until I think it was like actually two minutes after kickoff. So I'm kind of happy that I didn't, uh, win that bet. Cause I felt I'm supposed to have all my bets tweeted out and on record somewhere before kickoff. I forgot to tweet it out. I talked about it on radio that morning for TSN Montreal. So it's, I guess it's on audio recorded somewhere. I didn't tweet it out. It didn't matter though. Texans lost over right to the Bengals. Uh, Titans Packers over 56. This is the other one that fucked me uh, over 56 on Wednesday. And then by the time game time happened, it dropped all the way down to like what? 52 and a half. Cause I think there was snow uh, dropped all the way down to 52. And then it finished at 54. So another one where I got the worst possible number and that screwed me. Um, Bills I won on Monday night. Bills minus seven on Monday night. Ravens minus nine and a half I won on Sunday. I have these a little bit out of order because I wrote them down in order that I talked about them on the podcast. And Ravens and Panthers and Bills were the last three games I talked about. I won all three. Bills minus seven won. Ravens minus nine and a half wiped out uh, the Giants. Panthers plus one and a half. I should have just taken money line. It would have helped out with the juice a bit, but I didn't. Uh, and they beat Washington. So my uh, four wins. Raiders I won on Saturday night. I wrote down Raiders versus Colts. Did I say Raiders versus Colts earlier when I talked about this game? It wasn't against the Colts. It was against the Dolphins. I don't know what I was doing there, but Ravens, <clears throat> excuse me, Raiders plus three, I won. Uh, Bucks, Lions, under 54, I pushed. And then Bills, Ravens, and Panthers, I won. Everything else was a loss. 11 losses. Shameful. I'm ashamed. But we're still in the positive uh, yeah, down 7.32 units in one week. That's an absolute stinger. I got massacred. But week 17, we're going to finish up. It's been a long stretch. It's been a grind all the way since September, all the way now to the end of the new year. I am obviously going to bet on every single uh, NFL playoff game as well, but the whole thing was rowed to 256 bets. We are at 246 bets to go. 
Um, let's get into it. Going to play the little intro music here, but keep in mind I'm going to talk about college basketball first. So college basketball, i got two picks for New Year's Eve, uh, and then I'll get into my Week 17 picks. But let's delay no further. It's the Chris, not Christmas Eve, it's the New Year's Eve episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The last episode of 2020! <laughs> More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Hello, alright, let's get into some picks. Let's start off with college basketball uh, halftime here between Tennessee and Missouri. Missouri must have went on a little bit of a run there while I was recording the intro because it's 38-24. So Tennessee is still up by 13, so they're covering by 9 as of right now. Let's hope they don't choke in the second half of that game. But speaking of college basketball, i got two picks, New Year's Eve. I always like to do uh, picks in, in number in odd numbers, three picks, five picks usually. Um, because, I mean, if I do two picks, I go one and one, I lose profit. I have to go two and oh to, to have a profit. Um, when it's an odd number of picks, you can't. Unless a pick pushes, you can't go 50-50. So three picks, you get, you can go two and one and have a profit. Five picks, you can go three and two out and have a profit. But I couldn't find a third game that I liked, so I'm not going to force anything. Sticking into the two picks I have written down here. Four, New Year's Eve <clears throat> action. Let's start off. We're going into the, uh, what conference is this? The Big West? I'll never remember all of the conferences in college basketball. Is it the Big West? Is it West Coast? No, it's West Coast Conference, isn't it? San Francisco? San Diego? I'm Googling it because I want to make sure I, I got this right. It's West Coast Conference, right? Yes, yeah, so same conference as Gonzaga. Of course it is. I'm taking San Francisco minus 13, minus 115 against San Diego here. Um, by the way, very quick note before I actually break down my reason for this pick and get in the next one as well. I get a lot of people, and this is definitely going to happen when I put out the picks on my podcast because I record this Wednesday night. I lock in the bets on Bet Online. They're good with getting the lines out early. The lines will probably shift by the time you guys are listening to this. So a good rule of thumb because all the time I get messages on Twitter or people tweeting at me saying, um, oh, do you still like it at this number? General rule, if it's only, if it's, Move by one point or anything less than two points, yes, I would still like it. So if I like San Francisco minus 13, if it's minus 14 by the time you're listening to this, yes, I still like it. If it's moved by two points or more, then that's usually would be a stay away for me. Now, I'm not telling you what to bet. Don't bet these picks at all. Fade me if you want. What I don't care what you do. So if if you're still comfortable after you hear my breakdown of San Francisco and they're at like minus 15, minus 16, go ahead and do it. I'm not telling you not to. Um, but I don't feel like you need to. I mean, I, 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 I get messages every single day. Well, what about this line? It's a half point difference. Well, yes. I'll, I mean, a half point difference. I'll probably still like it. Two points, it's getting a little sketchy. So... As of right now on Wednesday night, I got it at minus 13. I expect this. I expect actually both lines might move by the time you listen to this tomorrow. Minus 14, I still like it. Minus 15, bleh, maybe. Minus 16, probably not. Um, but let's get into the breakdown. San Diego is one of the worst teams in the country so far this season. Uh, meanwhile, San Francisco has beat uh, Virginia. They upset Virginia as like 15 and a half point underdogs early in the year. And they hung in with Oregon and Cal, I believe it was. 
Um, so San Francisco, very impressive start to their season. Big spread at 13, but few things, few reasons why I still like them. San Francisco, they're a three-point shooting team. They rank 51st in the country in three-point shot rate. Um, teams are shooting 41.4% from beyond the arc against San Diego, which is the 341st worst mark in the country. So San Francisco, big-time three-point shooting team, and San Diego has not been able to defend the three whatsoever so far this season. Now, quick note for people who are new to college basketball, new to betting on college basketball, I always say what rank teams are in certain stats when I cite them. I just said San Francisco is a three-point shooting team. They rank 51st in the country in three-point shot rate. Now, you might think, Ian, I mean, 51st, that doesn't seem very high. Don't forget, because, I mean, obviously, if I'm talking about different sports, I mean, there's not even 50 teams in the NFL. There's only 32. So 51st doesn't seem like it's very close to the top. But there's how many teams in, in D1 college basketball? 360, I think, 362, something in that range. So anything, one, if it's a double-digit number, then they then they rank in like the top, what, top, around top 25% in the country. So uh, 51st is very high. And then anything around like 160, 170, that's like middle of the pack. And then things get really bad when a team ranks in the 300s, which San Diego does in opponent three-point field goal percentage, 341st. And then we look at rebounding, San Francisco, 163rd. So, I mean, that's a middle of the pack stat, but San Diego, 304th. So 163rd to 304th. San Diego's only grabbing 44.1% of rebounds. Now, also, don't forget, as I'm citing these stats, San Francisco has had a much tougher schedule than San Diego. So San Francisco, despite having a much tougher schedule, are still leaps and bounds ahead of San Diego in the stat category. So don't think they're skewed in San Francisco's favor because of schedule. That's actually the opposite would be true. Uh, Floor percentage, my favorite stat, which is I will repeat once again, it's the percentage of... Uh, team's possessions that result in at least one point being scored. San Diego, 300th in floor percentage, 295th in opponent floor percentage. So they literally do nothing well. They're not good on offense. They're not good on defense. They're 304th in rebounding. They can't rebound. They can't defend the three. They are one of the worst teams in the country. And I think we can take advantage of betting against them, of fading them. I don't think sports books have kind of caught uh, caught on, or at least I don't think they've adjusted the lines yet for just how bad San Diego is. So I'm going to take San Francisco minus 13, minus 115 against San Diego. The Battle of the Sands, San Francisco, San Diego. Remember when Kanye West was on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast there a couple months ago and he said something about um, uh, Los Angeles, uh, something about fallen angels, and then Joe is just like, no, like it literally just translates to City of Angels. I don't know why I brought that up. I guess West Coast, California cities with uh, Spanish names, I guess. Uh, but let's move on. Pac-12. I got a Pac-12 game for my second game today. On Wednesday, I was on two big underdogs with uh, Nebraska and LaSalle, and now I'm on two big favorites because I took San Francisco minus 13. I'm taking Arizona minus eight, minus 110 against Washington. Uh, so let's just do some rapid-fire stats really quick here, just to give you an idea of uh, how b- bad Washington is. Washington's brutal. They're almost as bad as San Diego. Floor percentage, Arizona 18th in the country. Washington 291st. Opponent floor percentage, Arizona 80th. Washington 212th. Rebounding percentage, Arizona 12th. Washington 300th. 
I mean, if Arizona doesn't rebound Washington by like 15 rebounds uh, in this game, then I, something's wrong. 12th to 300th. Defensive efficiency, Arizona 76th, Washington 204th. Wasn't Washington really good a couple years ago? Their program's falling apart. Washington is shooting 39.8% from the field. They are shooting 39.8% from the field. Now you might say, oh, is it just because they shoot a lot of three-point shots and they're just not hitting them? No, because they're 87th in two-point shot rate, so they're not a three-point shooting team. But yet they're like in the bottom like 50 in field goal percentage. They're shooting 39.8%. They can't throw a tennis ball through a hula hoop. This should be a double-digit spread. I'm going to take Arizona minus 8, minus 110 in that. So those are my two college basketball picks for New Year's Eve. San Fran minus 13 against San Diego. And that's at minus 115 is the juice on that. want to make sure I get my juice out there. So if people ever... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? If they ever... Um, audit if they ever audit my picks and they listen through all these podcasts uh i'm not just saying lines and then like ignoring juice san francisco minus 13 minus 115 is the juice i got out of bet online and then arizona minus 8 minus 110 all right let's get into my nfl picks uh i think it's gonna be a little bit quick even though i do have notes this time it's probably gonna be there i'll get through them as quickly probably as i did last week maybe not quite as quick but close to it um, I do have picks for all 16 games. I had to switch up between Bovada and Bet Online for some games. A couple games Bovada had, Bet Online didn't, and vice versa. But I do have picks, I think, right? I'll count at the end. I'm pretty sure I have picks for all 16 games, though. If not, I'll count at the end. And I also have my uh, Capper Cup best bets locked in, which, I mean, that's we got one week left. I went I, If I would have went had a good week last week, went like 4-1 and one or 5-0, and oh, I would have been like top five. Uh, but I went two and three with my best bets, so I'm like 13th. So fuck the Capper Cup at this point, but I will do my best. I got my five best Capper Cup picks locked in. All right, let's start. Bucks, Falcons. I'm taking Bucks minus six and a half, minus 105 against the Falcons. This line was, it's the same line that it was two weeks ago when the Falcons were at home. Uh, the Buccaneers would have and should have covered that game if they didn't lay an egg in the first half. I think is what? Falcons 17 nothing in the, at the end of the first half. Um, and that was a game, don't forget, that the Buccaneers could have kicked a field goal right at the end to cover uh, if they didn't get a first down. Um, and then they measured first with the sticks for the first down on a Leonard Fournette run, and it, there was clearly space in between the end of the ball and the first down marker, but they gave them the first down anyways. Um, so as long as the Bucks don't lay an egg in the first half again, I mean, they should cover the spread, right? I mean, is that just dumb logic? Um, also, do you guys realize that that Brady can't throw deep uh, any more narrative just completely disappeared. Uh, to be fair, I was one of those people. I was the one calling Brady a noodle arm and that he can't throw deep, but like sports media just stopped bringing that up because Brady's been throwing deep very well. Um, over the last three weeks, the Bucks actually lead the NFL in yards per completion at 13.5. So he's getting more in sync with his receivers. Uh, I think the Bucks run away with this one. Atlanta's defense has gotten a lot better since Dan Quinn left, but they're still an inexperienced and young secondary. I'm excited to have another painful season of being a Falcons fan put to rest. So give me Bucks minus six, minus 105. Um, all right, Ravens, Bengals. Ravens, I'm going to take the Ravens again. I backed them as big favorites last week. I'm going to take them again. Minus 13, even money versus Bengals. And you may have actually seen me tweet this or saw me talking about it on Guys and Bets on Wednesday. But I actually think the Ravens are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. That's kind of my NFL playoff hot take. Uh, they're hitting their stride at the right time. 
And despite getting blown out by the Chiefs earlier this season, they actually match up well against them. Why? Well, what's the biggest uh, weakness for the Chiefs? Stopping the run. What do the Ravens do better than anyone else in the league? Run the ball. Um, but I mean, as far as this game goes against the Bengals, I think it's Ravens all day. That win for the Bengals against the Steelers was a massive outlier win. I think uh, their showing against Texans last week was just more about how bad the Texans defense has been playing more so than how good Bengals have been playing. So their offense lost without Joe Burrow. They're um, also allowing 4.8 yards per carry on defense, so they can't stop the run third last in the NFL in that and like I just said, the Ravens are the most effective running team in the league, averaging 5.3 yards per carry. So tough to bet on a big favorite in Week 17. I recognize that. Um, but I will take the Ravens minus 13. And the juice is even money, actually. Next up, we got the Cowboys. Uh, this is my best bet of the week. Uh, you might have seen me break it down on guys and bets on Wednesday. Uh, Cowboys minus 2.5, minus 105 against the Giants. Um Giants offense stinks. Basically second last to the Jets in almost every single offensive category. Meanwhile, the Cowboys offense has been clicking lately. First in the NFL in points per play over the last three weeks. Let me repeat myself. First, out of 32 teams, first in the NFL in points per play over the last three weeks. So Andy Dalton has found his rhythm. You can hate, but he's actually played pretty well. Once he kind of got used to playing, once he kind of got in sync with the receivers a little bit. First in points per play over the last three weeks. You can't just dismiss that. I think the Cowboys win this game, and I think we'll see them in the playoffs next week, which just ruined the surprise of who I'm on in the Sunday night game, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, so that's Cowboys minus 2.5, minus 105. We're moving on to the Lions-Vikings. Dalvin Cook out of the lineup uh, in this game, which is a deciding factor for me. Dalvin Cook averaging five yards per carry this season. Alexander Madison, the Vikings backup running back, averaging just 4.5. So pretty significant drop-off in their running game from Cook to Madison. And by the way, this game, I mean, Lions-Vikings Week 17, this game is impossible to handicap. Who gives a fuck what happens in Week 17 between these garbage teams? I feel like most games this week's a coin flip. But also, maybe I'm just saying that because, I mean, I could just be gun-shy after the last two weeks. I feel like every bet I place is going to lose in the NFL now, but I don't know. Six and a half points seems like like a lot in between two absolutely trash-ass teams playing in a meaningless game. The Vikings' defense stinks. The Lions' defense stinks. The Vikings are missing their best weapon. Matt Stafford has like 16 injuries that'll play through. I don't know. I don't know. Just give me the team with the points. Six and a half, whatever. Give me the fucking Lions. Game sucks. <laughs> Patriots-Jets. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking Patriots minus three juices, minus one twenty. shitty juice, but uh, I got to take the Patriots here. Um, I mean, Bill Belichick versus Adam Gase, Bill Belichick versus Adam Gase, Bill Belichick, Adam Gase. I don't care if aliens came down from the skies, like flew over major North American cities and like announced on a megaphone, the Jets will beat the Patriots this week. Bet on the Jets. I still wouldn't do it. Fuck the aliens. I'm not, I'm not, not listening to them. <laughs> I don't care that the Jets have won two straight games. I don't give a shit. They're still dead last in almost every offensive category. Bill Belichick will find a way to win this game. Let's fade the Jets one more time and go down with the ship. If it loses, screw it. I will not lose by betting on the Jets. I'll be fine if I lose betting against them. Uh, Steelers, Browns. I'm taking Steelers plus 10, minus 120 here. I don't know why this spread is so big. I know the Steelers, they're starting Mason Rudolph. They'll probably start, or they'll probably sit a couple of other starters and they have nothing to play for while the Browns have to win to make the playoffs. They get all that, but plus 10, 
I think that's a massive overreaction uh, to last week or a mash, uh, just a massive overreaction to uh, Big Ben being sat. Uh, this is a perfect example of the fact that you should not put very much value behind motivation in a must-win game in Week 17. Joe tweeted this out uh, early on Wednesday. He said, over the last five seasons in Week 17, underdogs have gone 41-37-2. and two. Underdogs of 7.5 or more points have gone 16-12 and 12 against the spread. Players and coaches still compete for their jobs in Week 17. It's not like teams that are out of the playoffs just say, oh, fuck it, we'll just screw around this game, I guess. No, they still want to prove to the team they're currently employed by and the t- any future employers that they are still good at what they do. Steelers will try, their backups will try, guys are... Remember that time that, who was it, uh, the Packers QB, who was it, I think it was even in a Week 17 game. He played in Week 17, and he threw for like five or six touchdowns, and then got a massive contract uh, in the offseason, and then no one ever seen him again. And I think, who did he get signed by, the Seahawks? What was that guy's name? Matt Flynn? Did I get that right? Did I just pull that out of my ass? Matt Flynn. Remember that? Am I right about this whole, st- he kind of looks like Matt Damon. You guys ever look at Matt Flynn? He kind of looks like a like a knockoff Matt Damon. Um, yeah, this was <laughs> yeah. He started one game in 2011, and he threw for six touchdowns in the game. Uh, I don't know if it's that exact game. Actually, that's just his season uh, whole season stats here. Um, here we go. On January 1st, 2012, Flynn started the final game of the season against the Detroit Lions. He threw for 480 yards and six touchdowns in a 45-41 victory, both which set single-game Packers records. Um, and then he was, he was a backup. And then he signed a three-year deal with the Seahawks worth $20.5 million, $9 million guaranteed just from that one Week 17 game. This long rant um, is just kind of for me to try to prove to the, uh, the point that just because there's backups in in Week 17 – uh, just because teams don't have anything to play for, don't put too much stock into that when you're handicapping the games. Weird things happen. And to be honest, I don't think Mason Rudolph is that much of a step down for Big Ben, um, at least uh, like current Big Big Ben. Obviously, Big Ben in his prime is a different animal, but this year he's uh, hasn't been uh, fantastic. And also, how classic would it be for the Browns to lose this game? Not saying it will happen or uh, that I want it to happen. I mean, I actually want the Browns to be in the playoffs. I'd love to see them go deep. Um, I'd love the AFC Championship game to be Browns versus Bills. That would be electric. Um, But losing this game and missing the playoffs with 10 wins would be classic Cleveland Browns. So I'm not saying it will happen, but I think it's going to be a close game. I'll take Steelers plus 10, minus 120. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a massive overreaction, just them sitting big, big bed. They'll probably sit other starters on defense too, but... Nah. plus 10 I'll take that against the Browns all day uh Bills Dolphins um Bills minus two and a half I haven't seen any reports of Bills sitting players so I'm not entirely sure why the spread is so low uh but give me the Bills you guys know how I feel about the Dolphins I'm not going to go on this rant again they're not as good as a record listen to previous podcasts listen to guys and bets I've ranted and raved about them forever just give me fucking Bills minus two and a half minus 110 uh, I'm going to die on the hill. I'll die on the hill betting against the Dolphins for every game for the rest of the season. If they make the playoffs, I'll bet against them in the playoffs as well. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. Don't hate me. Next year is a new year. I When next season starts, my brain will be refreshed. It's a new season, new stats. I'll be fine with the Dolphins. Maybe I'll even bet on them in week one, but they're way overvalued uh, this year. Uh, Chiefs. 
against the Chargers. Another, another. I mean, this is another a weird one. Another one where I don't buy this thing about t- a team sitting a couple of players. Now, all of a sudden, they suck. You're setting the Chiefs three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I will take that all day against the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes is not playing. I understand that. I get that. But backups, in the, it's not like the NFL has their starters and then everyone who's their backup is like some uh, JV reject. Like, everyone in the NFL is a good player. Now, obviously, Chad Henney is not Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he is. But for the most part, this team is still the Kansas City Chiefs. They still don't deserve to be... Uh, underdogs to the Chargers. I think they're even home underdogs. Uh, Matt Moore did a pretty serviceable job for the Chiefs when he had to step in last year. I assume Chad Henney will be fine. Chad Henney's not a terrible backup either, by the way. He's probably one of the better backups in the league. Um, and despite Patrick Mahomes not playing, I'm sure they're going to try to win the game and have momentum going to the playoffs. Not like they're going to purposely lose the game. Plus three and a half over a field goal? I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm just I'm fading this idea that Teams that are kind of sitting guys are just going to mail it in and, and get their asses kicked. I'm fading that idea this week. Whether or not it works out for me, we'll see. Uh, another interesting one here, Rams-Cardinals. I'm going to take the Rams plus three, minus 115. Uh, this line actually dropped once Jared Goff was announced out. Um, but you know what? I think this actually works in the Rams' favor. Jared Goff has been terrible lately. Terrible. I've been saying all year, if Jared Goff just plays average, if he just plays like an average quarterback, Rams will win. Their run game is good enough. Their defense is definitely good enough. They can carry him. But he doesn't just play bad. He plays so bad when he has an off game that he like single-handedly loses games for them. It's unfucking believable So this new guy, John Wolford, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his name, Wolford. Uh, maybe he'll just be just not, not even, he doesn't even have to be just good enough. He needs to be just not as bad as Jared Goff has been to give the Rams a chance. Also, the Cardinals have been absolutely shit recently. Uh, I sold out on my Kyler Murray take. Uh, Kyler Murray sucks take one week, too, literally one week too early. I made the apology video. Kyler Murray stinks. I'm back on that take. He stinks. He's been trash since then. I don't don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. Uh, and don't forget, I mean, the Rams, despite losing two weeks in a row, they still lead the NFL in net yards per play. Um, I still think they're a good team. Their defense still ranks first. Um, and opponent yards per game, third and opponent points per game. Cardinals also can't stop the run. Cardinals are 26th and opponent yards per carry, and we know running the ball is, is exactly what the Rams are going to do in this game. So I will take the Rams plus three, minus 115. Uh, I got my laptop covering the score in this Tennessee game. Oh my God, they're at 45-27. Let's go! And they have the ball. Get that in there for 20-point lead. Nah, it's too good to be true. All right, let's go, volunteers. Um, all right, back to NFL picks. Bears, Packers. I'm going to regret this bet. I know I am. I'm taking Bears plus 5.5, minus 105. I have to back the Bears here. I can't keep fading them. I keep fading them thinking that their offense is supposed to be bad. They've actually gotten a lot better since Trubisky's in, and it's happened now four or five games in a row, so I have to stop calling it a fluke. They are 10th in yards per game over the last three weeks, 5th in rushing yards per game over that span, and 3rd in points scored. Who would have thought? In week 17, I'd be sitting here saying that over the past three weeks, the Bears are 3rd in points scored in the NFL. It's insane, but I'll tip my fucking toque to them. I'll tip my toque. I'll fucking tip my toque right now. Good job, Bears. Don't let me down now, though, Mitch. <laughs> I'm going to say this now, and then Trubisky's going to go out and throw four picks. He'll get 100 yards of offense and lose by 20 points. Probably, but 
I got to back the stats, and the stats tell me the Bears' offense is clicking a little bit. Um, and then we all know the Packers' defense struggles stopping the run 24th in opponent yards per carry this season. I think the Bears can actually keep this close as long as Mitch doesn't have that vintage Mitch game. So uh, please, just don't let me down, the Bears. Please, plus 5.5, minus 105. Here we go. Uh, Jaguars, Colts. Jaguars plus 14, minus 110. I mean, 14 <laughs> points? In a Week 17 game, I know the Colts have to win. I know the Jaguars have got their asses just absolutely handed them lately, but 14 points, two touchdowns? The Colts shouldn't be favored by two points against anyone not named Rutgers. I mean, over the last three weeks, the Colts' defense has given up six yards per play. Jaguars' defense has given up 6.3 yards per play. So only a .3 yards of a difference uh, between the two defenses. Colts defense also giving up 340 passing yards per game over the last three weeks. That's third last in the NFL in that span. A defense playing that bad does not deserve to be a 14-point favorite against anyone. Like I said, anyone not named Rutgers. I apologize, Rutgers fans, and I just I try to think of a shitty college football team, and your your your, your team is the one that came, that came to mind, Rutgers. I'm sure there's worse college football teams out there. Um, do the Jaguars stink? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and, and list off stats that support the pick because there aren't none other than the Colts defense has been bad. Um, but you can kiss my ass with 14 points. Give me the Jaguars plus 14. Uh, Raiders Broncos going with a total here. I'm going over 51 minus 110. Uh, both teams have allowed over an average of over 400 yards per game over the last three weeks. So Broncos over the last three weeks have allowed 4.406.7 opponent yards per game. Raiders 413.7. Uh, meanwhile, the Raiders' offense actually fourth in the NFL in yards per game over the last three weeks, averaging 430.3. So an offense that's getting over 400 yards a game, a defense that's giving up over 400 yards per game, that team is an over-betters dream. Another basket for the Volunteers. Uh, even the Broncos' offense has stepped it up a little bit over the last three weeks, 328.2 season average. That gets up to 338.7 over the last three weeks. Uh, so screw it. Game that doesn't mean anything for either team. Uh, feisty QBs that come out slinging and hopefully hit the over 51. I don't know. What do you want from me in that game? I don't know. I'll take the off root for points, I guess. Saints, Panthers, another total. This time I'm going under. They're going under 47.5, minus 110. Really wanted to take the Panthers here, to be honest. Uh, but I wanted the number at 7 or higher. And it's just below. It's at that 6.5 mark. So I'm going to take the under instead. Panthers scored 24 points against the Saints when they played earlier this season. But... They only gained 283 yards of offense against them. Also, the Saints defense, third in the league in opponent yards per game, eighth in opponent points per game. And Drew Brees hasn't been great since he's come back from injuries. I know they kind of torched the Vikings there, but still, um, he's only he's thrown three interceptions in the two games since he's come back. And against the Chiefs, he had a completion rate of 44.1%, which is very, 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 like that's almost benchable kind of completion percentage. Uh, I'm not saying Drew Brees should get benched, Settle down. I'm just saying he hasn't looked fantastic since he's come back from injury. Uh, finally, both teams like to throw the ball significantly more than they run it. But Saints are fifth in opponent yards for pass attempt. Panthers are 11th. So good matchup there for the defense as well. I think this goes under 47 and a half. Seahawks against the 49ers. Uh, taking the Seahawks. Seahawks minus 6, minus 105. I mean, what do you want me to say here? I think I've decided that the Seahawks defense isn't as bad as they were in the first half of the season. Also, their offense isn't as good as they were in the first half of the season. 
Uh, but also the 49ers continue to be painfully average at everything, which means handicapping their games are impossible. And I'm on the wrong side in every single 49ers game every single fucking week. So fade me in this one. Take 49ers. I have to take Seahawks, though. Uh, taking the Seahawks here because CJ Bethard, I always pronounce it Bethard. What's not Bethard? It's Bethard. CJ Bethard could very well have a stinker game here where he throws four interceptions. I don't mean, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you want me to do here. I can cite stats, but it'll be, oh, the Seahawks do good in this. And then the 49ers are average. So I guess that means nothing. 49ers are average in everything. 14th, 16th, 17th, 15th, 12th, 18th. I can't handicap a game where teams that average. It hurts. Also, I'm just fucking losing my mind. My brain's on college basketball now, or at the very least, my brain's on NFL playoffs. I don't care about Week 17. I mean, I do care because I'm betting money on it, and I care because of my road to 256 bets. But come on, what do you want from me here? Seahawks 49ers? Who gives a shit about this game? Give me Seahawks minus <laughs> minus 6, minus 105. Uh, I'm just pissed at the 49ers. I can't, I can't, I can't figure them out. Uh, Titans, Texans, I'm taking Titans minus seven and a half minus minus one ten. The Texans have completely given up on defense. Just JJ Watts, the only one who cares out there. It's an absolute shit show. Listen to this over the last three weeks, the Texans defense, they're giving up 7.1 yards per play. 7.1 per play. That's getting close to giving up like a first down every play. I mean, it's not that close, 2.9 yards off, but 7.1 yards per play is insane. And then want to hear something even worse? Over the last three weeks, the Houston Texans are giving up (laughs) 5.9 yards per carry. 5.9! I'm like eight years past my prime and I have an extra 40 pounds on me. And I still think I could rush for 100 yards against this team. Give me the ball. Feed me the rock. Let Ian spin. It's pathetic. 5.9 yards per carry they're giving up? Teams should just run the ball every play. And Derrick Henry is what, like 220 yards short of 2K this season? He might actually get it in this game. And he might only need 15 carries. Poor Deshaun Watson. Would somebody please save Deshaun Watson? And now rumors are Marvin Lewis might get the Texans job. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I feel bad for J.J. Watt. I feel bad for Houston fans and residents this i mean what a fucking shit show of an organization that is right now how could you ever hire marvin lewis right now what is this 2003 big time fade of the texans defense one of the high scoring offenses in the league against one of the worst scoring defenses easy call here titans minus seven and a half minus 110 um yeah this is it we're down to the last pick eagles washington you heard me hint it hint at it earlier uh, but I am taking Eagles on the money line in this one. This is my money line underdog of the week. It's it's pathetic, I know. It's plus 105. I, I'm not not getting aggressive on a money line underdog of the week here. I just want to get out of the 256 bets in the profit. I don't want to take a big risk. But it's the last game of the season, so let's take money line underdog here. Washington has a very good defense, but absolute shit offense. So I talked earlier how the Giants and Jets are the worst two offenses in the league. Well, the third worst in most stats is Washington. Um, but I have been betting on them a lot lately because they have value when they're an underdog. Their defense is good enough alone to keep them in close games. And I think I actually said the same thing last week when I took the Panthers because Washington was a favorite. If Washington's like a five, six, seven point underdog, they're a good bet because their defense is so good they'll stay within the game. But betting on them as a favorite, laying points on Washington with as bad of a deep with their defense being as bad as they are, 
Not smart, in my opinion. I bet against them last week. I will bet against them again this week as a favorite. Um, and don't hit me with this stupid line of, well, Washington, this game means more to Washington. They can get in the playoffs with a win. I don't give a shit. Especially with a young quarterback like, quarterback like Jalen Hurts. He wants to go and prove that he deserves to be the starter next year. Miss me with that motivation shit. Uh, the winner of the Cowboys-Giants game will be the winner of the NFC East because the Eagles are winning this game. Also, strength of the Washington's defense is defending the pass and rushing the quarterback. They're around average in stopping the run, though. They're 12th in opponent yards per carry. Well, the Eagles have finally started to run the ball. 43.52% of the plays uh, for the Eagles over the last three weeks have been running plays. That's a pretty significant bump up from their season average of 37.37%. Uh, so Eagles running the ball more, that's the way to kind of wear down this Washington defense. Uh, love what I've seen from Jalen Hurts so far. Still makes the occasional rookie mistake, but I mean, what's this is going to be, what, his third or fourth game? So, um, yeah, taking the Eagles to upset Washington, plus 105. Let me count these bets really quick. One, two. I'm just, I'll just read them off. Bucks, minus six and a half. Ravens, minus 13. Cowboys, minus two and a half. Lions, plus six and a half. Patriots, minus three. Steelers plus 10. I lost count. Fuck. Bills minus 2.5. Chiefs plus 3.5. Rams plus 3. Bears plus 5.5. Jaguars plus 14. Raiders, Broncos over 51. Saints, Panthers under 47.5. Seahawks minus 6. Titans minus 7.5. Eagles plus 105. I don't know why I thought I could list them off while also adding up uh, doing math at the same time. Recipe for disaster. So now I just need to count them to make sure I got 16. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. There you go. I don't need to tweet out any bets. I got all 16 in the podcast. My Capper Cup best bets of the week. Uh, the lines I have written down are the Capper Cup lines, so I don't have these bets locked in, but these are my Capper Cup picks. I, I like the, the line that I said during the show regardless, but uh, Cowboys minus 2.5 in Capper Cup. Best bet of the week. And then Bucks minus 6 over the Falcons, Steelers plus 9 against the Browns, Jaguars plus 14 against the Colts, and then the Eagles plus one and a half. Those are my five Capra Cup bets. Uh, treat those as my best five my f- uh, five best bets of the week. If you like to tail just my best bets, those are the five Bucks, Cowboys, Steelers, Jaguars, Eagles. All right, that's, what, that's all I got. 45 minutes-ish uh, long episode. This is the final episode of 2020. Um, shout out to Greg Peterson. I was on his podcast uh, that was released Wednesday. Um, the king of college basketball on Twitter. The guy absolutely kills it. I'm going to get him on my podcast uh, sometime in January. Big plans for the Bacon Bets podcast starting in 2021. Uh, 2020 was just kind of uh, getting a feel for it, getting it set up, uh, getting it out there, seeing uh, what's kind of what stuff worked, what didn't. Uh, I mean, it's only like a four-month-old old podcast, and we're, we're already doing pretty well. They're already starting to leap up the charts a little bit. 77, 70, 77, 77th. <laughs> in the iPad, in the I, uh, in the fucking, I can't speak. Uh, in the Apple Podcast rankings last week, so we're climbing up, people. I appreciate y'all listening. Keep spreading the word. Uh, leave a review, rate it if you can, if you would be so kind. Make sure that you are subscribing. Uh, big plans in 2021. Going to have a lot more interviews. Going to do some different segments, things like that. Now that uh, the football season will slow down, and I don't need to uh, focus so much on that. So. Um, that's all I got. That's, uh, that's my rant for this week. Uh, you guys don't want to hear your voice, my voice anymore. And I don't want to hear my own voice anymore. 45 minutes straight of me talking is enough for me. So, uh, I'm going to go crack another couple beers, finish watching this Tennessee game. They are up 
56 to 33, which quick math tells me that's a 23 point lead. So if they don't cover a four point spread, that'll be a terrible, that'll be a bad beat. Um, all right. Happy new year, everyone. I hope you all do thoroughly enjoy your new year's Eve. Let's, uh, let's kill it in 2021. eh? let's fucking crush it. All of us together. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. Happy new year. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.